0: The one thing that I know that we can do is show up for each other, love each other as best we can, try not to work out our fear and our hurt on other people. This is Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 325. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here with me. I was all set to send you out an interview this week with the fabulous Mama Gina, also known as Regina Thomas Schauer, and that episode will go out soon, I promise. But in the meantime, I felt like I needed to scrap those plans and turn on the mic and talk to you about what is going on right now. And I want to start by saying, obviously, the health and safety of you and your family is what's most important right now in this moment as you are listening to this. And I am going to be talking about how the coronavirus is potentially impacting your life. So I just wanna make sure you know in case you're at your limit with what you can take in. Of course, what you can always count on me for is my spin is always as positive as possible as I try to inspire you and give you tools to cope. And at the same time, our reality is what it is. I mean, there's no guidebook for how to make our way perfectly through this. We've never seen anything like this before in our lifetime, and we are all just doing the best that we can. And I know that one of the things that you can count on me for and that I feel is my calling is to help you do the best that you can to remember your innate survival skills, coping mechanism. That's what How to Stop Feeling Like Shit was all about. And this is quite a thing that we're dealing with. So what this episode is, it's a handful of different tools that I have been using, that I jotted down some notes that you might have heard these things before, you might Already be practicing some of these things. Take this as a reminder. Take this as something you might want to listen to more than once that you can maybe recommend to your friends who are having a hard time coping through what is going on right now. So, last week, so I mean, I guess I should tell you kind of where I'm at (laughs) as I record this. It is Monday, March 16th. It is dinner time now. And the reason that I tell you that is because. Everything seems to be changing day to day and even hour by hour. We don't know what's next, which I know for so many of us, I think just the human race, uncertainty, lack of control, not knowing what is coming is fiercely anxiety-inducing. I think last week we were all sort of in shock. I know I was just sort of watching the news, looking at the math and the statistics of what is going on in other parts of the world, seeing that we are on the same trajectory and kind of seeing what might be coming, just really totally in shock. I was telling a friend of mine, I said, this was last week. I said, I, I I feel like I'm looking around for the adults. Like, where, where are the people in charge? Where are the people in charge? And then I'm like, oh, that's me. That's actually me. As a parent, as a business owner, as a leader, that is me. So I spent a couple of days in shock, worrying, full of anxiety, worrying about my mom, who's one of those immunocompromised people, worrying about other people that I care deeply about, worrying about you, my community and just worrying. And I had a moment where, and I'm going to talk to you about these in in one of my tools, where I stood at the window in my home office. It's, It's a rather large window. And I looked outside and just asked the universe, and this is what I always do in times of real uncertainty. I ask the universe, what is it that I need to know? What is it that I need to know so that I can do the next right thing? And I went to bed and the next morning felt a thousand percent better and more clear about what the next right thing is for me to do. All right, which brings me to this list of tools, of coping mechanisms that will hopefully help you. Also, I wanted to let you know that I might do more than one podcast episode a week. I feel called to do that. They might be short, um, you know, shorter than what you're used to. The next one will probably come out on Saturday. So if I do more than one, they will likely be on your regular Wednesdays for those of you that are regular listeners and probably on Saturday. So just wanted to give you a heads up about that. So like I was saying, last week, we're all in a bit of shock. This week, I feel like we are... Scrambling, you know, we're sort of settling into this new reality. For those of you that are parents, your kids are probably home. You might be worried if your uh, work is going to be closed down. You might be a business owner and things are, um, you're not sure day to day what's going to happen. But I can tell you for sure your reality has probably changed a lot and we don't know what's next. So the first thing that I want to Tell you to do is really know what your limits are in terms of how much information you can consume. What are your limits in terms of news? Where do you feel like your anxiety goes up, 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 up when you do what? When you are googling, what? Are you googling worst case scenario? Are you looking um, about th- you know things that are happening? In other countries, like for some people, that helps them. It helps them to know, it helps them to gather the most information. If that works for you, fantastic. Everyone needs to know what their limits are. For me, I have to delete certain apps from my phone because I find myself just sort of mindlessly googling things and and looking at the news and then I know the way Google works is then they show you certain articles because you googled that thing and they're like oh you're interested in this and it, you know it's like I'm not googling where to find the best bootcut jeans right now. I'm googling things a lot bigger than that. And Google keeps showing you these things and showing you these things. So know what your limits are and know what it is that you need to do in order to take a break from it. Also, kind of like part two of that same one is know what your limits are in terms of other media. So, for instance, I noticed that on Netflix, I think it was, it was trending the movie, what was the name of it? Oh, Contagion. That was the name of the movie. The Gwyneth Paltrow. I think Matt Damon's in it. And I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, hell no. Like, <laughs> I get anxiety watching that when we're not in this place. There was a book that I read where I couldn't even get through the first chapter. It was something similar was happening. And I won't even tell you what was happening in the first chapter, but it was like my worst nightmare. And I put the book down and was like, I cannot read this. Like I personally cannot consume that and call it entertainment. If you can, I'm a little envious. (laughs) I wish that I could compartmentalize like that but I can't. And I know that there's a lot of you listening that can't either. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just the way that we are. So know what your limits are. Don't feel bad for having those kinds of limits. All right. Number 2 is about kids. And if you are a parent or guardian of children, I want to just, you know, throw a quick disclaimer disclaimer on this and that I am not a parenting expert. I can only tell you what I know from my experience, my kids are still relatively young. They're 12 and 10. And how you deal with this with your children, I think really depends on their age and what's age appropriate. But this is really throwing their daily lives up. I mean, colleges, kids having to go home, so many events canceled, sports canceled. It's not like you can hide this from them. They have to, they they know what's going on. So what we have chosen to do is have family meetings. And obviously it's however age appropriate it is for your kids. And what we have done is talk to them about what's going on in however much we know that they can digest and process and understand. So my son is 12 and my daughter is 10. One of my children can compartmentalize a little bit better than the other, um, and the other one can't. So there are certain things we tell one child and certain things that we we don't tell the other. Just speak not to keep this, this particular child in the dark, it's just that I know if I tell this particular child the reality of what's happening, they might get very, very scared and nervous and it's not necessary and it's not helpful for them. So you know your children best, but I also wanna add that as someone who has worked from home forever, it feels like a million years, uh, for about a decade, and I've worked from home since my children were itty-bitty, I have nursed on conference calls, I have been interrupted on live webinars With poop emergencies. I have so many things, so many things. I totally understand how difficult it can be for those of you who are newly working from home or for those of you that are going to suddenly have to homeschool your children. I am going to pop a link in the show notes where I posted on Facebook a bunch of different tips for people who are working from home. And it can be helpful. I put tips in there just straight up and down working from home, and then also some tips in there about working from home with kids just a little highlight on that, you're going to get less done than you think that you are. But Definitely try to create a schedule of some kind and and also some kind of normalcy. Personally, over here, we're not treating these as like snow days. Um, My kids are going to get up and get dressed and brush their teeth. They're not staying in their jammies all day long, which they would prefer to do. And my husband and I set up a flexible schedule. So it's like from this time to this time, you can have screen time. And I also set it up where I texted up some of my other mom friends and said, hey, when are you doing allowing your kids to have screen time. For some of them, it's all day. Hey, I don't judge. Whatever works for you and allows you to keep your head on straight. But I said, are you having specific times for screen time? Then I know that my kids have that certain time to be able to FaceTime with them or Facebook um, Messenger for kids is a really great and easy way to have children be able to um, video message or text each other that's safe, and you are very much in charge of being able to keep an eye on that. I know some of you are super crafty and very much like hands-on, like, let's do this craft or this thing. Like, I don't even have, I don't even know what the name of these things are. I am not that mom. I wish I was, <laughs> but alas, those are not my strengths. I say that because I what I do is, okay, so here's this set time that you get screen time. Here's this other set time where you can play in your room. You can play with each other. You can play out in the front yard or the backyard or outside with the dog or do something crafty on your own. I will help you set it up, but I'm not gonna be the person to do that with you. Well, I will be very, very limited. Like I'm not making slime. But I say that so that the, those of you who are home with your kids don't feel too guilty if you have like a hundred pin- Pinterest fails, and you're and you totally give up. Give yourself lots of grace during this time. The third thing I wanted to to talk to you about is something that I was thinking about over the weekend, and I texted one of my neighbors and I said, "Hey, do you know of any of our neighbors that are elderly or?" have an illness already, who have a compromised immune system that might need help. And here's the reason that I wanted to know and be proactive about it is because studies show that people are more likely to get help if it's specifically asked versus them reaching out first. Again, someone may have symptoms and they feel like they shouldn't go out, but they don't wanna ask for help because they're embarrassed or, I mean, I've written at length about how hard it is for people to ask for help, it's very vulnerable. But you could do something like ask your neighbor specifically if you can get groceries for them, if you can pick up their prescriptions for them, if they need anything at all. But try to be as specific as possible. Do they need help making meals? Sometimes we just don't know which of our neighbors might need help. Which brings me to uh, the fourth thing I wanted to talk to you about. And if you yourself have mental illness, if you struggle with depression and isolation, if you struggle with anxiety, I know it's going to sound cliche, but self-care, self-care, self-care. Over on Instagram, if you don't follow me over there or if the algorithm is such an a-hole that you haven't seen any of my posts for like six months, uh, go check out a recent post that I did where I asked people to comment with what are your self care practices right now? And I listed some of mine. There are some really great suggestions in there. I know that sometimes, you know, as someone with anxiety myself, with chronic generalized anxiety disorder, sometimes it's so heightened and so active that we can't even remember what are the best self-care practices for us, or that just even to do some of them seems just insurmountable, seems like so much work, seems so overwhelming. So you might find something over there in those suggestions that can be helpful to you. If you know someone with mental illness, please check in and keep checking in. Please keep showing up for them. If you are the strong one, check yourself. I personally am someone who is fantastic in a crisis, and I am what you call an overfunctioner. Is anyone raising their hand with me? I am someone who you probably want to count on (laughs) if shit hits the fan. I can take care of details, I can think very clearly and leave all of my emotions at the door. And it's really interesting to look at the other, like when I'm on the other side of it to kind of think back. And some people have pointed it out to me in the process. Um, It's really strange. And I think that it comes from years of practicing that. (laughs) And it just was my coping mechanism. That's why I wrote an entire chapter called Being Strong and How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. And I knew that very much from experience. And I know so many of you wrote to me and said, Oh my God, (laughs) that's me. And it's tricky because it's one of those things that can work, right? We are great in situations like this, but at the same time, we can neglect our own self-care. We can push all of our emotions down, shove them away because they are not helpful in places like this, in situations like this. So my invitation for you is to check in with yourself and allow yourself to feel your feelings. And I know that that can seem so sort of ambiguous and like, what does that even mean in times like this? I don't know how to do that. And I feel you. I completely understand. So talking it out with someone that you trust, maybe it's your therapist that you're meeting on, teleconferencing maybe it's your best friend maybe um you know i love the app voxer i know a lot of you use it as someone who's an extrovert i live on that app i love to talk to people also marco polo can be there's so many different ways to talk to people these days where we don't actually have to use the phone because who uses the phone anymore anyway but just check in with yourself and try to stay as conscious as possible. Try to pay attention to yourself. All right. And those are the tips I have for you today. I have more, but I am going to leave those for my next podcast episode. Again, that one will most likely come out on Saturday. And please know that I'm thinking of all of you. And actually one more thing that I can give you, this will also be a link in the show notes. We might have more time on our hands than we are used to with events being canceled and not running around to sports and meetings and all of these things. Some of you might want some recommend- recommendations for books, and more personal development to read. So I did another Facebook post on my personal page. I will post a link to that in the show notes as well, where I recommended a handful of my favorites that uh, maybe you haven't heard about. I'm assuming that those of you who are regular listeners of this show, you probably already know, but hey, you might not have. So that will be in the show notes. And just, I think I wanna leave you with this. Here's the thing is that like I was mentioning, there is no guidebook for this. There is no manual or blog post that I know of that anyone has written beforehand that tells us how to show up in moments like this. I know that the only thing I can think of that has happened in my lifetime was 9-11. I was in my mid-20s when that happened. I was working in the fashion merchandising industry and I remember going to work that day, and I was living on the West Coast, so when everything really happened, it was 6 a.m., and so I ended up going to work at 9 in the morning, so that was, what time was that? Noon Eastern time at that point, and I remember, so I, I worked in a department store, and I dressed mannequins and windows for a living. It was very fun. Um, and I was walking around the store and there was a woman shopping and she asked me, you know how when in department stores we have there are um we call them um arms or brackets, they come out of the wall and there's clothes hanging up there. And you need like one of those big long hooks to to get them down. And she asked me to get her down a leopard print blouse. And I remember thinking, like, really? Like and I was so judgmental, just like, how could you be shopping for a leopard print blouse when this has just happened to our country this morning? Why are you out shopping? Why haven't they sent us home? Why haven't they sent the employees home? It was such a weird and uncertain time. And who knows, this woman was probably coping the best way she knew how, as we are seeing so many people cope the best that they know how. And I I think that Again, then, like, no one really knew what to do. We all felt so incredibly helpless and just were kind of looking around at each other, like, what's next? What do we do? And the one thing that I know that we can do is show up for each other, love each other as best we can, try not to work out our fear and our hurt. On other people because that's the easy thing to do. Knowing me, I probably might have said something snarky to her. I don't remember. But let's try to just do our best. That is all we can do. And I really wish that this podcast would have been tied up with a prettier, tidier, bow. But at the end of the day, here I am just showing up for you as best that I can. You can always count on me for total transparency and uh, the messy middle, which is where we are right now. So Ask I love you. I adore you. I thank you for your time, even though it was only 20-something minutes <laughs> this time. Um, stay tuned on Saturday. I will have more tips and ways to cope for you, please follow me on Instagram and come and talk to me and tell me how you are. I love to hang out over there. And I'll just give you one more thing. I know I already said that, but I do have one more thing. If you want a good laugh, go ahead and listen to Not Another Self-Help Podcast. It is the podcast I co-host with my best friend, Amy Smith. We are going to record more episodes for season two, but season one is out. We have eight episodes and a bonus episode start from the beginning. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's a great way to pass the time. And there's some self-help in there too, but it is um, hopefully will make you laugh and at least distract you if nothing else from the current events. I will be thinking of you and thank you again so much for your time. And until this weekend, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.